Amen. Well, how are you doing? Who's standing next to somebody good looking? Uh, some people didn't put their hand up. If the person next to you didn't put their hand up, so get your hand up. Get your hand up. Well, what a great day to be alive. How many are looking forward to Christmas? Not long now. Only a few weeks left in the year. I really believe God's going to crown the year with His favor, with His blessing. And I don't know what type of year you've had, but still there's some weeks left for God to do something supernatural. And right now, we, wherever you're at, whatever you've got going on in your life, how about just lifting a hand? Come on together. Can we believe for a miracle for God to do something supernatural in this place? Maybe you're sick in your physical body. Our God's our healer today. Maybe right now you need provision, provision for a job, financial provision, whatever it may be. We thank you, God, you're our provider today. Lord, we come to you and we cast our cares upon you, knowing, Lord, that you care for us. And Lord, in faith, Lord, we, we reach out and we believe that you're our answer. Lord, we don't put our trust in man. We don't put our trust in our surroundings. We put our trust in, in you, the one who's eternal, the one who spoke the world into being, the one who's the author and the finisher of our faith. And right now we look to you and we say, God, you're our everything. You're our all. Oh, we thank you, God, that we can come together as your people and lift you up in this place, knowing, Lord, that as we minister to you, you minister to us. And we thank you, Jesus, for your presence and the power of your spirit that's in this place. Lord, make yourself known to every heart and to every life, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, everybody shouted, amen. amen. Well, I'll give your neighbor a high 10 before you take your seat. And if you've got your Bible today, turn to, or if you've got a device, Go to uh, John chapter 15. I want to speak from a passage that's been speaking to me all year long. And I know already you've done a series from this passage, but I want to unpack a few thoughts from it this morning. John chapter 15. And then once you get to John chapter 15, I quickly want you to go, put your thumb there and go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Well, so exciting to be here in Wellington, the capital city. It's exciting to hear what God's doing in this region. And it's great to be in a new space. How many like new things? And, uh, you know, the church is in this new space, and I believe God's going to fill the space, occupy it. I love the fact that whatever space you create, God fills. And uh, we're believing God's going to fill this and, and do a mighty work in this place. And, I know we've got a whole lot of new faces already, uh, but I believe coming into next year, well, from now to the end of the year and going into next year, we're going to see stuff that we've never seen before in Jesus' name. And I like what Pastor Jordan said, God's a God of so much more, God, so much more. We ain't seen anything yet, and uh, I don't know where your faith and your expectation is, but I just feel... Uh, in my heart, coming into this place, and I want to declare it over you that it's a new season. It's harvest time. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's harvest time. Uh, it's harvest time, and uh, God's going to do something great. And 
you know, great to be here with Jordan and Chrissy. How, how many reckon you got awesome pastors and leaders? Yeah? Come on, let's give them a big hand right now. Awesome people doing a great work. And so many incredible people in this place. Uh, I hear that there's been some engagements over recent times and weddings happening and babies being born and houses being purchased. Man, God's good. Well, let's go to John chapter 15. If you're there, we're going to be reading from verse 1. It says, Jesus saying, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Everyone say, ouch. He prunes. That it might bear more fruit. Yippee. You're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. You're sitting next to a branch today. He is the vine, we are the branches. He says, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them up and are thrown into the fire and burnt. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Isn't that good news? You shall, be, uh, you shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Quickly, going into Philippians chapter 3, reading from verse 12, it says, Not that I've already attained. This is Paul in his later years. He says, Not that I've already attained or am already perfected. Any perfect people in church this morning? Not one of us. None of us attained, nor are we perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I don't know about you, but I want to bear good fruit in my life. I don't believe anybody wakes up in the morning and goes, man, I want bad fruits. Nobody goes to the supermarket looking for bad fruit. In fact, when we go to the supermarket, often we're feeling out the fruit to test whether it's good or not. How many know some fruit can look good on the outside? can look incredible. You can get a Granny Smith apple. It can look amazing and green. Only to take a bite into it and to have it taste like it taste nothing like it looks like. How many have been disappointed with some fruits? Uh, look amazing. Avocados can look amazing on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You squeeze them, you test them a little bit to see what they're like on the inside. But sometimes what's on the inside doesn't match up with what's on the outside. One fruit I love is I love bananas. I don't know whether it's because of my last name, Monk. I got called Monkey at school. But bananas are fruit that have integrity. Uh, they have integrity because what they are on the outside is what they're like on the 
inside. Come on, any banana fans there? Yeah, I, I like bananas. I don't like them. You know, brown. You never eat a brown banana. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, they've got to be yellow, just going from green to yellow. Yeah, that, that's about right. Any, any people with me uh, right there? Yeah, bananas are, are awesome. You know, uh, you can learn a lot through, through just looking at a banana to see what's on the inside as what's on the outside. I, I learned a new term uh, recently. I've got daughters that are 14 and 12, and I was showing my daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, something on Instagram and, and this post, and I said, man, that's got a lot of likes. And her response was, well, oh, they're just catfishing. I'm going, catfishing? I'm going, what's that? Uh, is it something that you do down the Mississippi River? You know, what's catfishing? And, and she said, no, 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 catfishing, Dad, that's when somebody pretends to be something on social media that they're not. You know, uh, that's when, when somebody's, you know, uh, almost bought likes. Uh, they've gone onto those sites or, or they've got a picture on, on social media that doesn't resemble themselves. In other words, they put too many filters on. How many have seen photos like that before? Yeah, you know, they've done some edits. They've done, and, and, and she says that's that's catfishing. So I learned a brand new term. How, how many have never heard of that before? In fact, I, I hear on MTV there's a program all about it, catfishing, where people actually use photos of other people on their profile. How many know that's another level? Yeah, I want to say this morning, don't be a catfish. Yeah, we don't want catfish fruit. Yeah, when I think about good fruit, I've got to look not just at the fruit, I've got to look at the tree that's producing it. How many know if the root is no good, if the tree is no good, the fruit will be no good? I want to ask the question this morning is, what are the root causes of the fruit in our life? What's the root cause of what you're going through right now, what you experience, whether it be success or whether it be failure? I see a lot of fruits in my life, and some of it's good, but there's other fruit that's not so good. And I want to see that fruit change. But I'm not going to see it change unless I focus on the root cause or the, the tree that's bearing that fruit. Uh, I want to reproduce good fruit. I, I think most of us do. But to get good fruit, I've got to focus on the tree. I've got to focus on the root. And in verse 8 of John chapter 15, Jesus said, my Father is glorified when you bear much fruit. How many know God wants to, us to bear much fruit? Come on, God wants this church to bear good fruit. So that you may be my disciples, he said. So I know God wants to, me to bear fruit. I know it brings him glory. But sometimes we don't actually realize what it takes to bear good fruit. See, it doesn't come by striving, by trying, Fruitfulness doesn't come uh, like that. Fruitfulness comes, according to John chapter 15, by your attachments. Now, I, I want to pray this morning that, that the bandwidth of all of our lives would increase. Uh, how many know it's frustrating when you don't have good bandwidth, when your internet drops out? 
How many remember the days of dial-up? Uh, dial-up. Uh, nothing more frustrating than going back to dial-up. Dial-up speed. Uh, remember the time where you can be on the internet and talk on the phone at the same time. Someone would get on the phone. Get off the phone. I'm on the internet. You can do two things at the same time. How many are glad, uh, uh, happy that they've got broadband? Uh, broadband, where you can do many things at the same time. See, I believe God wants to increase the bandwidth of our lives. Some of you right now, when it comes to your relationship with God, you've got dial-up. You know, you phone in every now and then when you've got a program. You connect every now and then, maybe even once a week. But God wants you to live in a space where you're permanently attached, where you can access heaven, you can access His goodness at any moment, at any time. Now, that's what God wants for you and I. And I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, where he says, I haven't attained, but God's laid hold of me. How many know that's one level of connection? God's laid hold of me. But another level of connection is when we lay hold of Him. See, many believers know that God's laid hold of them, and He's purchased the price of their freedom, that they're forgiven, that they're loved, that their eternal destiny is secure. But yet in many places, they haven't laid hold of Him. And they live with just one level of connection. And I believe if we could lay hold of God and His purpose for our life and, and could lay hold of His promise for now and for our future, we'd bear a whole lot more fruit. See, see, right now, you've got to look at the fruit in your life. And if it's bad, what is the root cause of that? Come on, what is the root cause of the problems you're facing right now? But not only just the problems, what is the root cause of the blessing in your life? What, what is the root cause of the habitual sin that you have? Uh, what is the root cause of that addiction? What is the root cause of, of losing a job from time and time again? Going from job, one job to another job. Well, what is the root cause of bad relationships? Uh, so many people go, oh, I just go from one bad relationship to another bad relationship. You know, I just keep on choosing the wrong person. You know, the, the common thing in all those relationships is that person. And unless you identify the roots, you're going to keep on experiencing the fruits. Well, what's the root cause of financial success or financial struggle? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 to 18, you will know them by their fruit. We are known by our fruits. Do not gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Even so, every good tree bears what? Come on, help me out this morning. Good fruit. Every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Matthew 12 verse 33 says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. A tree is known by its fruit. Well, I've got three just simple points this morning 
that I want to unpack from John chapter 15. Number one is the first thing, if we're to identify the root, is we need to understand, number one, that Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the vine. He's the tree. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. That's us this morning. We're the branches, but what's he? He is the vine. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. I want to show you how this is translated right through Scripture. Isaiah is one of the most messianic uh, prophets around. He's he's keeping on uh, pointing to Jesus. And, And you see how Jesus is the vine through. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, it says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. In other words, I am the vine, you are the branches. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2 says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. Uh, a tender plant, a root out of dry ground. In other words, with Jesus, there'll be nothing in his natural surrounding to support him. Because a tender root doesn't grow up out of dry ground. But Jesus is a tender root. In other words, he wasn't conditioned by his environment. Life was in him. And here this prophecy said that that the world, that would have no effect on him. It'd be this tender root out of dry ground. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, it says, But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed and opened the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Revelation 22, verse 16, it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Now, how can you be the root and the offspring? Well, what he was saying is, I am the root because he was God, but he was the offspring because Jesus became a man. In other words, he's the first and he's the last. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the, what the, the author and the finisher. Come on, aren't you grateful we serve a God who sees the, the beginning but also knows the end? This is Jesus. Jesus is the vine. He's the root. And you cannot bear good fruit without him. You can do, in fact, as John 15 says, you can do nothing. Now, sometimes we need to break some stuff down. Right now, I want you to think of a, a number between 1 and 10. Think of a number in your head. you got a number. Lift up your hand once you've got that, that number. Okay, what I want you to do is I want you to multiply that by 9. Okay, multiply it by 9. you got that, that, that figure in your head. Now, I want you to add those two digits together. Add those two digits together. You're with me? You're following me? Add those two digits. So if it's 56, yeah, those, it's nine. Okay, uh, once you've once you got that, I want you to minus five. Minus five, a little bit of a mass test this morning. Minus five, you got that number? You still, okay, what I want you to do is find a corresponding uh, letter in the alphabet. So if it's one would be A, two would be B, C would be, yeah, okay. So get a letter, get a letter. You're with me? 
you still with me? How many have found their letter? I'll just give it a bit of, a bit of time. How many are lost right now? We'll pray for you a little later on. Okay, get the letter. Okay, with that letter, I want you to think of a country. Uh, I want you to think of a country. Okay, once you've got that country, with the second letter of that country, I want you to think of an animal. Animal. Uh, okay, how, how many are thinking of elephants in Denmark? <laughs> oh, that's crazy, isn't it? Sometimes some of you go, how did he do that? Sometimes you need to just break things down, not just numbers, but you need to break down words to understand them. It's like the word discourage comes from two words, dis and courage. Dis means to take something out of. When you discourage your spouse, you're taking courage out of your spouse. How many know that's not helping? Uh, that's not doing you any good. And so often, uh, you know, for us to understand things, we need to break down words like the word nothing. Because Jesus said, you can do no thing without me. Two words there, no and thing. We, go, we think we can do something. But Jesus says, no, 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 no thing. No thing that matters. No thing that has eternal consequences. If it's apart from Jesus, it doesn't matter. It has no significance. Philippians 4.13, if you're Fijian here, you'll know this verse. It's a verse that they put on their rugby jerseys. It says, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Without Jesus, you can do no thing. But with Jesus, you can do all things, all things. Why? Because He's the vine. He, he's the great vine. He's the fruit-producing vine. He's not the wild jungle vine. Once went down to Greymouth, visited my cousins, and broke my arm swinging off a vine. It was early in the morning. I didn't have any grip, and I swung off the vine and slid right down and went off a cliff and broke my arm. Went, went to the hospital in Greymouth. You know, they set it in a cast. I need to get back to Auckland to have it x-rayed to, to see that they had put, set it all wrong, and I had to have my arm rebroken. Uh, where they injected it and they snapped my wrist right back around here again. Don't go to a hospital in Greymouth. They will damage you. But the vine that Jesus is talking about is not a wild vine that restricts your movement. It's a fruit-producing vine that, that, that brings fruit to your life. I am the vine that produces fruit, he's saying. I'm not the jungle bush. He's the vine. Number one, Jesus is the vine. Number two, this is real simple this morning. We are the branches. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a branch. We've got all different types of branches, shades of branches in this room. Funny looking branches, good looking branches. But we are the branch. Listen, abide in me and I on you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Re remember, we want to bear good fruit. And when we think of good fruit, we've got to make sure that we understand that good fruit 
as heaven defines it, is found in Galatians chapter 5. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Now, uh, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Let's read it. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against them there's no law. I wonder when it comes to setting goals, some of us around New Year's, we set goals. But I wonder how many goals are centered around what we want to do in life. I, I want to do this degree. I want to earn this money. I want to live in that house. I want to marry this type of person. A lot of our goals are centered around what we want to do. It's, it's not bad. You know, going to Fiji is a good thing. I'm going tomorrow. Celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. Woo. Uh, it's a, it, that, that's a good thing. But a lot of our goals are just around what we want to do. I wonder how many of our goals are around who we want to become. Because ultimately, who you are will determine what you do. And if we, if we can do stuff, but if we don't become that per, the right person... In the end, the fruit's not going to last. Yeah, and a lot of our goals and people in life, their mission is all around what they want to do rather than who they want to become, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, now these fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, they're impossible without Jesus. You cannot bear these fruits. A branch cannot bear fruit. Uh, the problem is a lot of people, when they think of, of bear, the word bear, they think it means produce. But the word bear doesn't mean that. The, the word bear actually means to carry. It's like you bear a burden or you carry a burden or you carry a blessing. Here, here's what he's saying. He's saying, you can't carry the fruit without me. That, that's what he's saying here. I'm the one who produces it. I am the vine. You are the branches. But here's the deal. You can't even carry it without me. You can't carry it. That's why you need to abide in me. Because if you don't abide in me, you can't even display that, that fruit. It will just evaporate. It won't last. Uh, we bear fruit for two reasons. Number one, um, to display God to the world. To display love, joy, peace, patience uh, to the world. That's why God wants us to be fruitful. The second one is so people can eat the fruit of our lives. Uh, in other words, so people can come to our life and, and they can taste and see that the Lord is good. Too many people, when it comes to the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, they get confused. Yeah, the gifts of the Spirit are things that God has given us. Yeah, some of us are good at things, and we don't even know why we're good. We can do stuff that other people can't, and, and we just think it's normal, it's natural. No, it's a gift that God's given you. If you're an engineer and you're good at it, that's a gift from God. If you're good at hospitality, some people are just natural when it comes to hospitality. Anybody know some people like that? They're good people to know. 
really good people to know. It's just a natural gift. Some people are good at music. Some people are good at dancing. I don't have those gifts. That they don't come naturally to me, but they're gifts from God. And the gifts of the Spirit don't tell you anything about you. They tell you everything about God. It's like a Christmas tree. The gifts under a Christmas tree don't you tell you anything about the tree. If you take a gift from under a Christmas tree, they tell you everything about the giver of the gifts. But so many people in life get their security through what they do. I'm good at this. I'm good at that. And their security, their identity comes from the gifts that God's given them. And that's why they don't give honor and glory to God. That's why it's so important that we use our gifts in the house of God. We don't use our gifts for selfish gain. Come on, we see so many people in Hollywood do that. The gift that God's given you is not for you. It's for other people to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, the fruits of the Spirit are like a fruit tree. If I take a bad piece of fruit off a tree, it tells me that the tree is bad. If it's good, the tree is good. That identifies you. The fact that I can preach and communicate tells you nothing about me. If you want to know me, you've got to have a conversation with Kathy. And I've got to grow in these areas of love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. That's a hard one for a lot of us because it involves suffering. And God wants, and a long time, yeah. But God wants us to remain. See, the key word is abide, remain. Stay in a place for a long time. The connotation of the word abide is to stay in the struggle, to stay in the fight. Don't go missing. How many know you can be here but not here because you lost the fight? Hurricane God right now is looking for a church that's got a bit of fight, a bit of mongrel in them. They don't just accept the status quo. They don't accept diagnosis. They come their way. No, God's our healer. Stay in the fight. How do you stay in the fight? By abiding. By just remaining. The people who bear really good fruit, I challenge to say, are those who stay in a committed relationship through the struggle. Even a vineyard owner will tell you that they produce better wine if the grapes have had to struggle. Do you know the wine, the good fruit comes from your life when you stay in the fight? Come on, somebody say, stay in the fight. Stay there in the fight when things get bad. Stay in the fight when what on the outside speaks contrary to what you know inherently on the inside. Come on, apply this. If you're a believer and you're married, do, do you stay in the struggle? Or, or do you just go the way of the world? And say we're going to separate. It's just too hard. Do you stay in the fight if you're in business? Come on, if you're a business person and you're going through financial hard times, do you stay in the fight? Do you stay still tithe during those times? Believe in God. Do you abide or do you just go away? How many know in games, some players go missing. They're on the field. 
but they go missing. They're not there. Where are they? We need some clutch Christians to stand up who take the game by the scruff of the neck and say, we're going to win this. A clutch Christian is a Christian who can perform under pressure. So too many people collapse under pressure. But I believe we need to declare this is our time. God's not a liar. If He's promised it, He'll bring it, uh, bring it to pass. Don't look at the weather. I play a bit of golf. And in Auckland, if I looked at the weather before I went out, I'd never play golf. Uh, one thing, even if it's raining, you just got to go out because within 10 minutes, there'll be sunshine. There, there, there's four seasons in one day in Auckland. You just got to get moving, keep moving. Some of you right now are looking at the weather, looking at your circumstances. But as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, if you look at the weather, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll do nothing. There's never a perfect time to follow Jesus. So number one, Jesus is the vine. Number two, we are the branches. Number three, the Father is the vine dresser. Listen to verse one. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. What does that mean? Here's what it means. It means that God is the owner of the vineyard. I pray one of the fruits of you attending Equipage Church is that you'd fall in love with the Bible. Not, not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well. Because there's a lot in the Old Testament that's relevant to the New Testament. And in Isaiah chapter 5, let's look at this. Look at this beautiful picture. Remember, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, and the God the Father, He's what the... He's the vine dresser. From verse 1, it says, Now let me sing, my well-beloved, a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared it out its stones. And he planted it with the choicest vine. Now, who's the choicest vine? Uh, Jesus. Thanks, Jimmy Yonto. With the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst, and he also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And I, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then? When I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now please, let me tell you what I'll do to my vineyard. I'll take away its hedge. Now you've got to understand that God puts a hedge of protection around us. It's called the Word of God. How many are grateful for God's hedge? Yeah, of protection. How many have known God's hedge of protection around them? Notice it's not a hedge of thorns. That's not that. A hedge of thorns is symbolic. Thorns are symbolic of demonic activity. In Hosea, it said of Hosea, when Goma was away from God, that she had a hedge of thorns around her. Now, never pray for a hedge of thorns. But, but we're protected. There's a hedge of protection around our lives. How many want that around their kids? 
around their family, a hedge of protection around them. Listen, God's saying, I'll take that hedge away and it shall be burnt. And I'll break down its walls and it shall be trampled. It shall be laid to waste. It shall not be pruned or dug. And there shall come with it briars and thorns. In other words, the enemy's coming in. Demonic activity. I will also command the clouds that they, they rain no rain on it. In other words, it's not going to grow. Now, now we need to look at this picture. We need to even look, think about this hedge that's around us. And Job, if you don't believe me, look at, look at Job. Remember, it was God who said to, to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, who's blameless, who's an upright man, and who serves me? And, and Satan said, well, he's only experiencing all that because you have a hedge around him, and I can't touch him. So what did God do? God took the hedge from around him, and, he, and the enemy was able to touch Job. Now, notice in judgment, God will actually take away the hedge, and he'll take away the hedge so, so that will come back to him. Some of you right now don't know how good you got it. If that hedge was removed, if it wasn't for his grace, if it wasn't for his word in your life, you wouldn't be where you are today. Notice the enemy comes in and he doesn't come in an obvious way. Now, I want you to go to Matthew just quickly and finishing up this morning because Jesus tells another parable and there's power in this. He says there was a certain landowner, Matthew 21 verse 33, there was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it dug a wine press in it. Sound familiar? Yeah, everything that's in the old is in the new. And built a tower. He leased it to the vine dressers and went to a far country. Now when vintage drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dresser that they may receive its fruit. And the vine dresser took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then last of all, the vine dresser sent his son to them, saying, they will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said amongst themselves, this is the heir, come let us kill him, seize his inheritance. So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Man, this is huge. Uh, this is massive here. What gets me about this story is Jesus is telling this parable three days or seven days actually before he's crucified. He's been on the earth for 33 years. His ministry has just been over a little over three years. And now he's entering the last week of his life. If you haven't clicked yet, Jesus is the son in this parable. They had to take him out of the vineyard to kill him. Because in Old Testament, the scapegoat was never killed in the vineyard. It was always taken out. Jesus is our scapegoat. And the question he asks is, he says, they'll respect the son. 
Now the question I want to ask you is, what are you doing with God's Son? Because what is God going to do with the people who don't respect His Son? Let me say this. If you're not a Christ follower yet, maybe you believe. Yes, Some of you say, yes, I believe in the Son of God. Yeah, you believe in Him, but you're not following Him. Come on, let's be honest this morning. Let's not put on a show. Let's not be catfish Christians who give the appearance to everybody else, but we're actually not following Jesus. We believe in Him, but we're not living the lives we know He's called us to. The choice for God is, are you going to accept the vine that the Father sent? Because the bad fruit in your life is because you're not connected to the vine. That's why you have bad fruit. No other reason is because you're not connected. You're not abiding. And if you connect to the vine, if you accept His Son, you'd address the root issues in your life. See, as believers, we have a choice as well, because are you going to abide through the struggle? Are you going to stay in the fight? Are you going to stay in a committed relationship with Christ no matter what you're going through? Are you going to connect in a way where you leave the outcome to Him? See, it all comes down to our level of connection. Some of us, we know Christ has laid hold of us, but we haven't fully laid hold of Him and His purpose. And it's until we lay hold of Him, we'll never experience the fruit that we desire in our life. Come on, how many have ever given a kid a, pig, a piggyback ride before? Yeah. And, and you're about to run, and you say, hold on tight, because I'm about to run. Imagine if the kid lets go. You're holding them, but they're not holding on to you. And so you just end up dragging them by their feet. You know, around, it's like on a, on a adventure ride, when you go on a roller coaster, you get those restraints put on you. They are holding you in. But how many know you've got to hold on to them as well? Otherwise, you'll be in those restraints and getting whiplash all over the place. Come on, there's some of you in your Christian lives. Christ has laid hold of you, but you're not yet laying hold of Christ and you're wondering why you aren't seeing the promise come about. It's one thing for Christ to lay hold of us. It's another level to lay hold of Him. Come on, let's this morning ask God to reveal the root cause in our life. Let's not expand a whole lot of energy and get little results. I said, I believe God's believing, uh, taking us as a church into the greatest harvest we've ever seen. Come on, how many believe that this morning? But He's got to address the root. The fruit doesn't come by a striving, trying, working hard. We've got to do the work hard, but, but fruit in our life comes from our attachment. Come on, I want to say even leading into Christmas, when you go on holiday, increase your bandwidth. Increase the bandwidth of your life. Don't go on holiday away from God. God's not on holiday. Don't go on holiday away from church. Uh, you go on holiday from work, 
but use your holiday or your holy days to increase the bandwidth of your life. I get concerned. So many people go on holiday and they blob and they just watch wrong stuff. And, you know, it's amazing how many people during Christmas time will get advice for life from their drunk uncle. And just because they've created a vacuum in their life. Or they get wisdom from from somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Come on, let's go into the end of the year filled with vision, filled with purpose, having a direction, knowing where we're going, knowing that God wants to bless us, knowing that God's for us in Jesus' name. Come on, fill your life with good things. Increase your attachment. Go from dial-up to unlimited broadband in Jesus' name. Amen. How about standing to your feet? Right where you are, I want you to ask the question is, of the Holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit, how are you speaking to me through this message? Because I believe God wants to locate you this morning, and He wants to increase that bandwidth. And right where you are, if you're saying, Sam, I want to increase the bandwidth of my life, how about lifting a hand or two right where you are? Because I know His Holy Spirit's here, His anointing's here, His presence. And if we respond in this moment, God can meet you right where you are. What are you doing with the Son? Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord, that you come and you make the Word live. I pray I live in our spirits this morning. They'll bring change. They'll bring life. They'll bring freedom to individuals. Even right now where people have been striving, oh, where, where there's been burdens put on them, from the expectations of man, I pray that those burdens would be lifted off in Jesus' name. I pray there'd come a rest in our spirits, a rest in our souls, knowing, Lord, it's our attachment to you, the vine that produces fruit, and it's our connection that enables us to carry it, to bear it. I pray, let us be fruitful, even right now where there's bad fruit in our life. I pray you bring conviction to our hearts. We confess it. We repent. We change our mind. And we adopt a new way of living in Jesus' name. I thank you for a harvest in lives. We thank you, Lord, for more fruit. More fruit. Fruitfulness in careers and jobs. Fruitfulness in relationships. Lord, let there come a fruitfulness in our health and our testimony. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's sing this song.